Peter. Yes. We've got that situation again. Which situation is that, Frank? We thought we've read all of the cards from Edge of the Earth Investigation Expansion for players, but we've actually not done all of the cards and there's some more cards left. So I think we need to do another one of our episodes where we spin the wheel and pick a faction. Okay, okay. Well, if you think that's the right thing to do, Frank, I've got my wheel here, which I will I will spin. Ah, well, it has landed on Seeker. That's quite, oh, quite, okay. quite fun, isn't it? Well, I think, again, we're going to need some support. So I'm going to spin my guest wheel and we'll see which guest we get. It's Davi. Okay, let's do this. Yes. Hello, you're listening to Drawn to the Flame, a podcast for fans of Arkham Horror, the card game. We're sometimes fortnightly, we're sometimes monthly. I'm your host, Frank, and today I'm joined by... It's me, Peter. Hello, Frank. Hi, Peter. How are you doing? Doing good. A little bit better than last week. Which is nice. I'm glad to hear it. Yeah, yes, yeah. You yeah. were fighting off a, a cold, weren't you? Yeah, still, actually, still the remnants of the cold hanging around for the past week. Um, but <laughs> wow. hopefully, hopefully, by the next time in the next week, uh, it'll, it'll have dried up completely. Uh, but that's not all. Today, I get to say we are joined by. Hi, Peter. It's me, Davi. Hello. How's it going? Pretty good. Pretty good. How about uh, how about you? Yes, fine. As established, slightly better than last week. So that's good. <laughs> Welcome to the cast. Thank you. I'm, uh, I'm glad to be here. And you're going to help us look at some secret cards, which is pretty cool. Yeah, I'm excited for it. Excited for the Edge of the Earth Investigator expansion for players who play investigators. I've heard that's what it's called. <laughs> oh, um, nice. little extra bit there. Thank you. you should yeah, just to make it clear what, it, what the expansion is about, because I was con- very confused at first. Um, you should have heard how Frank mangled that on the last episode. <laughs> <laughs> I've been struggling. I don't know what it is about it, but I'm struggling. But there we go. Yeah, so, Davi, if people don't know who you are, what's your connection to Arkham? Where might people have come across your stuff? Um, yeah, so usually I'm in the written media through the form of my blog, Obscure Studies, uh, which is good that I am now uh, putting my voice out there because I can clarify for all those who have only seen my name in writing that it is pronounced Davi, and you can reach out to me on the blog. You can also uh, reach out to me on Discord. I'm around the various uh, servers, and you can also email me at Davi, D-A-V-I, at obscurestudies.com. That's the advantage of uh, having a blog. You can have these little uh, fancy email masks. Yeah, that's masks. great. <laughs> yeah, so Obscure Studies, I've been really enjoying reading it because it just seems like it's such a great opportunity for you to indulge your passion about the game and explore all sorts of different things. Yeah, I um, a while back I was just playing so much of the game and had so many opinions that I was dumping on my friends who uh were like oh we just we just want to play the game on it like <laughs> you're talking a lot and i'm like okay here i'll write i'll write some stuff and yeah over over time i've done different things i've talked about the deck building options and i've even dabbled in a little bit of like fiction based on some uh plays that i've some interesting situations that have come up in my games uh mm-hmm. i was a little bit mm-hmm. on hiatus lots of personal stuff going on but you know by the time that you the listener are reading you might uh, have seen some new new posts on the blog so excited for that awesome 
Awesome. Something to look forward to. And what about Seeker then? What what gets you excited about a good Seeker card? And this, you know, I've, I've heard that Seeker are quite a weak faction in Arca. Yeah, so, I think yeah. that's, you know, I'm known for enjoying the, the weaker uh, side of the game. <laughs> <laughs> you know, my... My favorite investigator is Lola Hayes. So I love Seeker just because it's so underpowered and you have this challenge uh, <laughs> before you. But um, on a serious note, Seeker gets a little bit of that kind of, oh, it's it's too powerful or whatever. But I think it, it has some potential, you know, if you look, if you just look past that, look past the uh, cards that, you know, maybe are a little too above the bar and you see some really cool stuff, some really interesting ways of dealing with things and trying to like shore up their weaknesses and... and you know, who doesn't like drawing cards, too? That's that's always good. Yeah, absolutely. Drawing cards in a card game is good. <laughs> yeah, as I've <laughs> so learned. I've heard, anyway. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Let's dive in, shall we? Let's. Do you want to read us our uh, first card? Yeah, so uh, starting off with the XP cards here, we have uh, Hiking Boots. It is a Seeker asset. Two cost, one XP. It has a agility icon. It is item, clothing, footwear traded. So it has limit one footwear per investigator. You get plus one agility. Reaction ability, after the last clue is discovered from your location, exhaust hiking boots, move to a connecting location with at least one clue, or to a connecting unrevealed location. Mm-hmm. Seems seems good, this. It's answered the, the age-long question, which is when are we going to see another footwear? Yeah, for sure, now yeah. I've seen it. Yeah. And, you know, that they're going to carry that little limit one footwear every time if there's more in the future. So <laughs> Exactly, yeah. They're going to steadfastly refuse to have a footwear slot. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think the icon would be too confusing with the agility icon, so that's why they haven't. Uh... <laughs> yeah, probably, yes. But yeah, this, this seems good, right? Two cost for a mm. static agility boost is a really nice starting place. Yeah. And then the, the, the free move when you uh, discovered the last clue is just like icing on the cake. It's exactly when you want to move out of a location. Exactly. Yeah. If it's, it fits really well into um, what seeker is doing in terms of just getting the clue and moving on. We know how uh, powerful Ursula is yes. where, you know, she can, she kind of has like the reverse of it, right? Where she finds the last clue and then she can move out and then immediately start investigating again. Yes. This one is kind of, yeah, similar where you can just move out for free and then start investigating again. And naturally, of course, if you, if you want to double up, it's great on Ursula as well. <laughs> that, that, that action to find a clue is, um, is is lovely. You sometimes have the situation in Ursula where you were going to last action leave a location so you can trigger your ability, but you've failed a test and you haven't got that last clue. And it's like, mm-hmm. ah, I just need to stay here and get the last clue, but I would really like to move because then I can, you know, start firing my ability as well. Mm-hmm. And this lets you do that, that you can be even more Ursula, which is really cool. Yeah. I was going to say, I think the the best thing, I guess, about being more Ursula when I when I play her is that you get more time for shenanigans. You can uh, play out your, I don't know, your crystalline elder sign or your gold pocket watch or something crazy because you, mm-hmm. you, you know, have so many uh, free, you know, moves and investigates and stuff that, you know, you can make use of that splash, do some fun stuff like play Dr. Ellie to find some some relics and all that. So you can really have fun if you're just cruising through the, the clues in the movement. Totally. Yeah, totally yeah. agree. I've, I've heard Ursula described as playing like an excited puppy where <laughs> she's like dashing off. Because the way I play it is obviously with two field work, one of the best cards in the game. 
mm-hmm. and ping-ponging between locations. And this like is a free ping uh, to get you into another location and, and, and carry on the party. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, why not double up on the stuff that's already made Ursula good? Yeah. As the owner of an excited puppy, I can confirm <laughs> that, that that is what it uh, feels like. <laughs> there's a cool thing as well that, you know, obviously there's the spectre of Pathfinder hanging over this card as well, because that is also a 1xp seeker card that gives mm-hmm. you free moves. The, yeah. the funky different thing here about the move is that you can move with enemies. Pathfinder, you have to not be engaged with any enemies to use it. This in theory, you could working a hunch to grab a clue and then move to pull an enemy with you and dump it somewhere else if that's what suits you. Or also if you were to run this in, say, Trish, mm-hmm. you might want to be, you know, buying a clue with Trish to evade an enemy and then hiking boots out of there straight away, having like spent no actions. It just gets silly cool. Yeah, I like that idea of, because um, usually you don't think of Seekers as the as a good enemy managers, but he's... You can just go like, hey, I have this enemy on me. I'm going to, you know, do any range of things, right? Like working a hunch or, or fast cryptographic cipher or any way to get a clue fast. But um, And then I'm going to leave. And then I'm going to evade the enemy because I have a one agility boost that, you know, can help me out because I'm Trish or Ursula or anyone who can yeah. who can do that. So, And shout out to Jack. This also yeah, is like sure. another way for Jack to move. Yeah, this is, uh, I played this in Jack. It is definitely very good. You start worrying very little about enemies between your very high agility, your uh, bullwhip, um, stuff like breaking and entering. It makes them very, yeah, th- this just piles on top of that. And yeah. Yeah. while we're shouting out, shout out to Jen Beauregard, who mm-hmm. combined with this card, just you go nuts. <laughs> you move clues <laughs> around, you bounce back and forth, you're excited puppy after like (laughs) getting spoon-fed sugar (laughs) (laughs) nice perfect image that's one xp as well so so it's it's one jack can grab like as soon as he starts really yeah just feeds into how he wants to play to to, it's a stat boost he likes the abilities one he likes so it's just like after the first game yeah two hacking boots please yeah and i think there's an interesting thing just in general like I don't know, maybe you've talked about this before already, or already, but uh, there's a certain tax on Edge of the Earth cards, I feel. It's like a tax, but also not a tax. You know, it's where you put cards at 1 XP, they now cost 1 XP, which is a real cost, but they no longer cost Edge of the Earth faction slots, right? The limited yeah. level zero slots. So I think mm-hmm. this is one of those cards, and I think it's a recurring theme in, in, in some of these cards. Where it's like, okay, we'll just make them 1 XP. You know, that's 1 XP is easy. Like, most people can pay it. Uh, after one scenario, you know, uh, and mm-hmm. it doesn't limit your your faction. And so I think it's yeah. a, an interesting thing in these Edge of the Earth cards. We haven't talked about that specifically, but it's been in the back of my mind. Having, having a card that's close to like, we, we tried to do an episode uh, a few weeks ago on how to pick your five five cards. Yeah, yeah. listen and to that it, one, it was very good. <laughs> yeah, I, I, well, and, and one thing we didn't say was exactly that. Having a card which is very close to your core faction effect, but which is very low cost in experience, kind of helps broaden out those those level zero picks. Um, yeah. So yeah, no, I, I think you've hit the nail on the head there. Yeah, so it's both a tax and experience, but also, you know, that little bit of leeway with the slots. We have Join the Caravan. This is a five cost event, a single XP pip. Five cost event. Uh, it is mm-hmm. one intellect and one agility icon, and it has the insight and synergy traits. Fast, play only during your turn. 
Reduce the cost of this card by one for each different class among cards you control. Move to any revealed location. The true journey is the one we take in our minds. Mm, nice, love it. Yeah. Uh, this is cool. I, well, <laughs> I'm not convinced by this card. Okay, <laughs> it's all right. Very expensive, <laughs> and it doesn't get cheaper much quickly. If you see mm. what I'm trying to say, I feel That's like true. the <laughs> the uh, event synergies suffer from this more than the asset synergies. And I can't think off the top of my head how this split is between the factions, but we've definitely got an asset synergy in. Yep, close the circle. Yeah, close the circle. Which, which I, I don't mind at all. This, on the other hand, it, it feels so expensive. If you're, if you're playing just Seeker, it's going to cost five because you don't control well, any Seeker cards unless you four. You have your investigator. Yeah, your investigator. Ah, should. right. Okay, yes, yeah, 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 true. If you're not Lola, your investigator will. Reduce this cost by one. Yeah, that's fair enough, actually, yeah. So it's going to cost four at the most. I was going to offer a uh, rebuttal of sorts. Um, Please. So to start off, I really like the synergy cards. I think that each one does something differently, and it does it, it, sh- it shows this like aspect of, like, it's not just everything is, uh, reduce the cost of this card by one, right? Like, it's yeah. different things. Like, there's you get more charges, uh, you get extra resources, you do more damage, etc. So this one, I do agree, it's kind of the least... The one where the synergy mechanic has the least impact on it, because you're just reducing the cost by one, and you're already starting off really expensive, so you need to go all the way to five yeah, to, yeah. Get to make this free. That's what um, I'm getting at, I think, yeah. But I think that, you know, we have a lot of the multi-class cards. Like I said, if you're not Lola, this starts off at a four. You know, a lot of the investigators are five of their main class, two, uh, two of their off class max level. So you can, you know, take some cards from, let's say, your min. You can take some survivor cards that are maybe, you know, survivor mystic. And now you have min, you have a survivor, and you have a mystic. And now it's cost two. And you're at a slightly worse untabooed uh, <laughs> elusive, uh, which is good because elusive was tabooed. In the taboo version, it doesn't move you anywhere, and this does, which I think can be really, really powerful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I can see where you're coming from, and I think we've we've talked about the the kind of the, the sideways nature of the the multi class spell cards, like the uh, divination and blur and the brand of Cthulhu is the the fight one. Yeah, called. that's the third one. Yeah, yeah, they, they they kind of let you get sideways into other factions quite easily. So one card can then add up to like basically you've you played one card, you've got three classes available to you. So mm. I can see that, yeah. And the fact it's fast as well, there's no limitation at all on the movement except for the revealed uh, yeah. the revealed restriction. The spectre floating behind this card is that of Shortcut, right? Yes. But in yeah. Faction at level zero, there's a zero-cost fast card. It only gives you one move, but it also could move anyone. Yeah. And so you're losing the move anyone, and you're gaining move a lot further. And it's just, yeah, how much you're willing to pay for that, I suppose. And I've said before about Synergy, I feel like if you can get to Synergy 3, you're starting to get value out of the Synergy cards, but that means you're getting a two-cost card. So you're probably going to want it to move you at least two locations, maybe three, to really feel like this was worth it over Shortcut. Yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. I think you raise a good point about, you know, Shortcut can move anyone, it can move you to a 
unrevealed location, right? If I'm not if I'm not mistaken. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. yeah, so this is good. For example, you know, scenario one of TFA, where <laughs> you need to get out as fast as possible. Uh, or is that scenario two? Yeah, scenario two. I'm scenario sorry. two. Ooh. Yeah, Doom of yeah. Esli. Yeah, Doom of yeah. I mean, yeah. and, and to be fair, in that situation, you maybe don't mind paying the premium anyway. Yeah. Like if if it's a case of this ends the scenario for me, I might well want to pay five. Because yeah. it just removes an incredible, incredible amount of risk moving back through the whole temple in that situation. Mm-hmm. That ability to move anywhere, I think, is potentially undervalued on a lot of the cards earlier on in the game's development. Like, yeah. exactly yeah. like Devi said, Elusive was an incredibly yeah. powerful card. You had to have a very good reason not to take it, anyone who could take it. Yeah, totally. Maxine even said that that was the her favorite card from the core set. Yeah, and I remember people being like, "Wait, what? Elusive? Why?" <laughs> like rereading it, being like, "Oh, wait, okay, hang on, yeah, this is actually a really good card." Yeah, and I think even um, the as the scenario design gets a little less linear, uh, you see even in Innsmouth something uh, like Vanishing of Alina Harper, where you might need to go back and forth around the map because things have changed, and now you need to go over there and. Maybe you don't have yeah, four moves yeah. to get around or, or something. So, yeah, uh, and Devil's Reef is another one. Yeah, that's yeah. a that's a really good one. A light in the fog as well. You're like, oh, I need to go back to the pump room. Okay, yeah, well, maybe yeah. you've sold me on this card then. <laughs> well, <laughs> if I may offer even another point, on, hit me. is that this is an insight card. This can go in Joe's uh, hunch deck, classic, and cost three to start two because he's a seeker. If you have a guardian card, because, you know, he has off-class guardian, it's down to one. Yeah, You are limited that you have to play it the turn you reveal it, but, you know, just having this at a one without much effort, you know, seems seems pretty good. Yeah, that's quite nice, yeah. Hunch it up. Right, the next card we have is Survey the Area. This we announced on the podcast. This is a seeker, I was going to say survivor, but I mean seeker, <laughs> uh, one XP skill, practiced and expert, while survey the area is in your hand or committed to a skill test, it gains intellect icons equal to your agility and agility icons equal to your intellect. They won't believe you if you don't capture it on film. Hell, they probably still won't believe you. So yeah, we're not going to linger too much on this card, listener. You can go back and listen to our announcement if you want to. Peter and I, we talked for like half an hour about this card. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. I. I do want to, the only point I, I want to make about, uh, is that I recently was, so I'm a big, I'm a big rules person. I love, uh, analyzing the rules and, and, you know, kind of just getting into them. And I just wanted to point out that I think the reason why this card, a lot of people are talking about like, oh, why is it say only hand or committed to a skill test, etc.? Is that, uh, the text on skill cards is only ever active while it's committed to a skill test, unless it specifies otherwise, like survey the area. So if you're yeah. thinking like, well, why does it have to say hand? Why can't it just be, it has these icons? And the reason is that, you know, it is, if it said it gains these icons, it would only be when it's committed, which would mean that it would not have any icons while it's in your hand. So yeah, just a little yeah. observation. It needs to have them in your hand so that you can commit it. Yeah. Because otherwise it doesn't match. Yeah. Uh, it, it's which a does mean that, go on. Well, I mean, the, the, the text that would have got around it is similar to take heart. Which would be text on it. Can commit this, it. Yeah. This could be committed to, even if it says this can be committed to an intellect or an agility test. Yeah, there's there's ways around it that would have made it work with, you know, practice makes perfect. Like, oh, add add one icon to it or give it the take hard text. But I think they've maybe gone for simplicity here and maybe that's made the card lacking in certain interactions. But 
Yeah, and and honestly, if people are playing it like they can commit it with practice make perfect, I don't think it drastically changes the power level of oh, the no, card yeah. anyway. I think like yeah. that's a fine way to play the card if that's how you've played it. Oh yeah, for sure. And like you say, I think the text as it is is simple and easy to understand in its broad sense. Mm-hmm. So should we, should we just move straight on then, or do we want Let's to talk? Let's do it. Yeah, yeah. bro. Davi, back to you. All right, so I get the honor of reading <laughs> Medical Text Level 2. It's a two-cost mm-hmm. Seeker Asset. Takes up the hand slot. It is an item and tome traded, so Parallel Daisy can take it. Um, <laughs> it has an action ability. Choose an investigator at your location and test two intellect. If you succeed, heal one damage from that investigator. Two damage instead if you succeeded by two or more. If you fail, either exhaust Medical Text or deal one damage to that investigator. It has a intellect and a combat icon, you know, because you're dealing that damage to them. So it has to have a combat icon. <laughs> so let's just recap how this differs from medical text level zero. So mm-hmm. it, it mm-hmm. gains the icon as cards almost always do. A very it, relevant icon in the intellect one. Well, quite. Yeah, actually. Yeah, absolutely right. It now has the potential to heal two damage if you get good success, which is nice. Mm-hmm. And you can exhaust the the card to avoid doing the damage. Yeah. Which is really nice because, I mean, maybe it goes without saying that you're trying to heal someone when they're, they're already damaged. <laughs> and you don't want to be <laughs> using the medical text on someone who's only got one health left to try and heal them because you might kill them. Yeah. Yeah. Let me make this worse for you. Go on. <laughs> no, that's what I would say. Oh, right. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. That's just it. Let me make this worse for you. I'm, you're going to die. <laughs> No, yeah, and notably, it's not a cost to activate the ability. So if, let's say, you use this and you pull the autofail because you're, I don't know, daisy and you're four up on the test, and you're like, okay, I'm going to exhaust it, I'm not going to damage you, but then I'm just going to heal you again. What are the odds yeah. of pulling the autofail twice in a <laughs> row? Like, that's never that's never happened in a game of Arkham ever, right? So, But you do get that option of like, okay, if I'm willing to take the risk, I can just go again. But now, you know, you... You have the you can't you have to do the damage at that point. So, yeah, and I also like that because you can do more healing if you over succeed. One of the things people didn't like about Medical Tech Zero is that difficulty two test. It's it's not hard, but it's not trivial either. Mm-hmm. And so it was like, are you really going to commit more cards or boost your stat more just for a Medical Tech test? Whereas a Medical Tech level two. Maybe you are because you want to pass and heal them and you actually get rewarded for overcommitting because you heal them for more. So it sort of justifies that as well, which I think is good. Yeah. And then you're if you're getting more, you feel better about committing, say, a perception level two to a test like this where you can draw some cards and heal more damage. Yeah. So, yeah, I like it. I also like that it or I guess in general, I see a lot of healing cards in this. Uh, in this expansion for players that play investigators because <laughs> I think so we know the weaknesses right well you guys have talked about that yeah. already um, and those can be really annoying if you don't have a way to heal and and just having this you know as a way to to heal damage and maybe you like are more liberal with your damage but then you can easily get rid of the weakness and who knows maybe we'll see some more damage and horror related stuff in our uh, expansion for campaign playing played by players. <laughs> Thank you for committing so 
clearly to the bit. I really appreciate it. <laughs> of course, you're welcome. I, lo- I love this bit. It's one of my favorites. So, <laughs> um, yeah. So maybe in the maybe in the Edge of the Earth campaign, we'll see some harsh effects of the cold dealing you some frostbite damage or something, and this could come in handy. Yeah, I think it's a fine upgrade to the card, and I think it's a bit like when we looked at Winds of Power last week in comparison mm-hmm. to Recharge. Getting that certainty feels like a really good... This feels like a good place to get some more certainty. Uh, just having the backup of being able to exhaust it, I think, is is a really, really good upgrade to the card. Yeah, and speaking of uh, Mystic cards, I think Daisy with Down the Rabbit Hole gets a lot of value from that card. Now, like, if this is something you want, if you want some, uh, you know, damage healing, you can kind of, I don't want to say stomach, but, you know, put that level zero in your deck and... Find it occasionally with uh, Research Librarian as like a toolbox mm-hmm. kind of build, and then upgrade it for one experience with Down the Rabbit Hole. And then you have plenty of, you know, uh, Old Book of Lore, uh, Deduction, Perception, etc. Daisy has plenty of options for cards that uh, she can upgrade yeah, using. Shortcut, Water Protection. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So you can get a lot of value from, yeah, from, from Down the Rabbit Hole and. I like that, you know, Sign Magic was another good example, not to get too much into that, but having that kind of, like, really good upgraded version, uh, and then you can kind of put the, you know, uh, lower level version and get some use out of it before you upgrade it for, you know, much cheaper than you normally would. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Not to go on too huge a tangent, but that's always something I've wondered if they would introduce to the game to justify taking some of the weaker level zero versions to make it worth the upgrade. You know, like a... Mm -hmm. 41 Derringer or Switchblade, like these these weapons that you maybe wouldn't run at level zero because you know you're going to take the XP version. And obviously down the rabbit hole helps with that. Should we move on? Okay, so we have uh, Unearth the Ancients. This is a zero cost event, level two. It has two intellect and one agility pip. It has the insight trait. And it says, investigate. Choose up to two seeker assets in your hand. The difficulty of the skill test is equal to the combined cost of the chosen assets. If you succeed, put the chosen assets into play, one at a time. For each relic asset put into play by this ability, draw one card. So this is two Unearthly Ancients strapped together, right? Yeah, with upsides. Because I want to point out that uh, the original Unearthly Ancient said, if you succeed, instead of discovering clues, put the assets into play. This one does not say that. And for better or for worse, that means that you still discover the clues. Or the clue. That's nice. It means you can uh, commit, like, deduction or something to help you pass this test and not have it exactly, yeah. wasted. Yeah, this card is great. I really like it. I like that... It's that kind of thing of, like, Ever Vigilant, for example, where you don't want to play it for two, but it's still a really good card if you play it for two. This one is even more of that where, you know, playing it with both the assets can be really hard. Like, maybe you have a you know, a magnifying glass and, I don't know, some other cheap seeker. <laughs> I guess you don't want to do magnifying glass with this uh, because it's not a relic and it's mm-hmm. fast. But, you know, if you you don't want to do like a fingerprint kit and a tooth of Etsley in test seven, right? Like that's that might be a little too hard. But choosing one yeah. and, you know, uh, putting to play like an archaic glyphs, right? Uh, that's only a two cost. It'll draw you a card. No, will it? It won't. It's a tome. Um, <laughs> but... Yeah, low, it can even lower the shroud of the location, right? Yeah, I think just what you've illustrated in working through how you'd find what you want to put and what do you get out of it is part of why I think people 
haven't played the level zero version too much because mm-hmm. it is quite fiddly. It's like, I'm going to do an investigate. The difficulty is not going to be my shroud. It's going to be this card. So if I'm going to like try and play Dr. Milan, I'm giving myself a difficulty four test. Is it worth it? Um, and then, oh wait, Dr. Milan's not a relic. It gets kind of, kind of tricksy. But actually, just like what I said about medical texts, level two kind of applies here as well. Because you still get the clue, it's not a complete replacement. It does justify you piling in some other cards to help pass the test. Because, yeah, you get clues as well, and then you get these cards. So it sort of combines lots of actions into one, which I think is really nice. It just makes Unearth the Ancients quicker, basically. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, I absolutely agree. I think if, on the one hand, I think if you like Unearth the Ancients level zero, you're going to like this even more, right? It's like like that, Mm. but Mm -hmm. better. But yeah, I I think the, the the quantity of stuff it does as well, the flexibility of it is is a real mark in its favour. I like it. Yeah. In terms of economy as well, if you're getting a clue and playing a three cost card, and maybe drawing a card, like that, that's a pretty good combination of things straight away. Even before you think about playing two assets. I've just realised. Sorry, Davy. I just realised what you meant when you said it can lower the shroud as well. Of course, if you play a cheap asset. It yeah. will it will lower yeah. the shroud and you can still get the clue. Yeah, of course, that's yeah. really nice actually. So actually, you're investigate at a shroud five to play a two two cost. But but well, what Davy said earlier about using the magnifying glass, maybe that's not a bad idea. If you can investigate a, sh- a six shroud location and then mm. you get a free magnifying glass out of it, you know that's potentially just worth it. Yeah, you yeah. say you only save one cost, but you get a clue off a six shroud location. Yeah, that you can commit deduction to and all that. What were you going to commit to the six shroud to pass anyway? You've probably saved yourself. Yeah. 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 No, 100%. Yeah. And I like the uh, icons in Jack. You know, it's gained the agility icon, uh, which is good for him. But then the two intellect icons are also good because of his four intellect. And I like this in Crystallizer. Uh, That's what I took with my, when I played Jack, I took this because Crystallizer is a relic. I'm pretty sure. Um, <laughs> and so putting the crystallizer into play with this, oh, uh, you can't works. do that because it's not a seeker. Oh yeah, rogue. okay. I hopefully Sorry. didn't play that wrong, but <laughs> uh, definitely the main interaction was just getting this under the yeah, and using the, the crystallizer again. Yeah. Yeah. And then yeah, I had that's nice. I had some side quests in there uh, for for putting into play with this as well. The the stone. I had one stone and one archive. Those are nice too. Yeah, that's really nice. Yeah, yeah. We do have a relic coming up, but we're not there yet. Yeah. Next, we have <laughs> Scientific Theory Level 3. Zero cost seeker asset. Two intellect and two combat icons. It's a talent and a composure. Fast, limit one composure in play. You get plus one intellect and plus one combat. Non-direct damage slash horror must be assigned to scientific theory before it can be assigned to your investigator card. Free trigger, spend one resource, you get plus one intellect or plus one combat for this skill test, and it can take one damage and three horror. Before anyone can say anything, I like these in- these composure cards. Uh, mm-hmm. Tell us more. Well, we talked about grounded. Sorry, I'll let I'll let the vigo. That's why we've got him here, so we can talk. Yeah. <laughs> so, like I said before, I'm a big fan. Th- this was not a joke. I am a big fan of Lola Hayes. If you've <laughs> seen me around <laughs> the internet, you know that, that that's true. Um, and I like that these are, you know, zero cost, three XP, 
static boosts for two stats. And I think out of all of them, this is my favorite because it's the aggressive stats, right? Like I think we've, uh, well, not you've talked about this and I've uh, nodded my head in agreement about the division of like the defensive stats and the aggressive stats and just being able to, if you're playing a flex Lola build, which is usually what I do, uh, being able to, you know, have that static boost and then also spend resources for an extra one, which is also good with another very strong Lola card that I like, uh, Dark Horse, being able to activate that boost, which is a static boost as well. Yeah. You can you can get very high. And um, yeah, I've been brewing a deck with, with this and uh, some one, one or two of the other ones. And also uh, the star, the t- uh, Guardian Tarot that gives all your assets with health plus one health and plus one sanity if they have sanity. Oh, that's really yeah. nice. I like that a lot. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, that, yes. that was exactly what I was going to say, because we looked at uh, level three grounded on uh, last week. Mm-hmm. And th- yeah, that extra, the point uh, Brian made was that having the two and the two on grounded gives you a little bit of extra comfort from like yeah. a ping of damage just taking this out which i can absolutely see i can see that and and having as i said last week having the extra stat on there is a bit of a double-edged sword because then you've got to provide extra soak for both uh, health and sanity rather than just the one to keep to keep it alive the, the sanity but like zero cost for two stat boosts that's so good yeah fast yeah fast like you know and you know, two sets of two icons and the boost. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's just a, a lot to like on this card. It does a lot for 3 XP. Yeah, and I think, mm. you know, it's that... It is 3 XP, so that's that's quite a lot for a card that, you know, maybe you won't draw or you will draw and then you'll immediately take a direct... Any damage. Oh, no, it can. No, yeah, this this doesn't work with a direct, doesn't it? Because it's not, it's not like he avise. Uh But yeah, you'll take a... Mm. Yeah. A test like a grasping hands test. I don't even know what what campaign uses grasping hands anymore. But um, <laughs> you'll you'll take that and then take some damage, and this will immediately go away. And you're like, oh shoot. Um, so there are, you know, I don't want to uh, creep into other class territories, but there are advantages to other classes. So like the survivor one with let's say Yorick or you know extra soaks or, or something. Um, this one is a little bit awkward because you got a lot of horror, like extra horror soaking in seeker but you always have the like art student or lab assistant where you can just kind of put the the damage on there and and save this Mm -hmm. that's in fact what the seeker allies are doing they're there mainly for the damage soak which is why they have a lower health so that you don't have these amazing batteries to like Mm -hmm. keep you alive broadly speaking anyway this is a weird one thematically so the composures when they were sanity I could understand, like, if you're shocked out of your composure, you lose your composure and then you, you lose. But is this like you're getting punched, then you're forgetting that you're theory? Yeah, I think I think that that is a, a very interesting question. <laughs> I like that kind of, um, I guess, what do they call it? Like, it's a Ludo narrative connection between the, you know, what does this mechanic mean yeah, to yeah. the what the card is? And, and if you look at, gosh, what is the other one? The combat training for example yeah it has three health right mm-hmm. and and one sanity so i think it's more of like okay if i take a punch now i've you know maybe forgotten my training and i guess it's kind of that idea of you know if you have like this knowledge you can kind of rationalize your way out of 
horror a bit more, and that's why it has the three sanity. But as soon as someone, you know, punches you in the face, you're like, I've forgotten everything I learned in school. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what I'd go. I'd actually say the upgrade is is what's telling the story here. When you have this, the theory at level one, it's a roughly held theory and you're not 100% sure about it. And now, as at level three, you're really a lot more confident in your theory. So it would take a lot of shocking discoveries to sway you. But yeah, a, a punch in the nose would definitely throw you that would be my guess on it (laughs) shout out to joe as well i think joe diamond it's like his stats oh yeah definitely if you want to go super aggro yeah turning him like five five two two is is nice isn't it yeah Yeah. this complements his uh lower sanity as well yeah yeah 100 percent. yeah right how are we going to handle the next four (laughs) cards (laughs) (laughs) why don't you davi read the first one and then we'll jump in and add the other ones after that. All right. So the next card we have is the Archive of Conduits. Uh, this is the Gateway to Tindalos. Is the first one here. It is a Seeker asset for cost 4 XP. Uh, it takes up the Arcane slot, and it is Ritual Traded. It has two combat icons and a wild icon. It has the Researched keyword. Uses four ley lines, limit one per deck. Free triggered ability, move one ley line from this asset to a non-elite enemy. Action ability, choose an investigator and an enemy with a ley line at a revealed location. That investigator moves to that location. You may remove the ley line to deal one damage to that enemy. And yeah, like I said, has the research, which is just shorthand for that effect where you need to translate the original version and you need to write it down your campaign log and you can only upgrade it if you've translated that version. Mm. And the original version is limit one per deck, so you can only have one in your deck anyway. Yeah. And to translate it, when you've played it, you've put four resources on four different locations. And when you've investigated those locations, you've collected those ley lines. And once you've got all four, that is it translated, and you get four resources. But the gateway to Tindalos is only one of four. So we've also got the gateway to Acheron, uh, or Asheron, depending on how you pronounce it, which has got two intellect and a wild icon. Instead of moving the ley lines to uh, non-elite enemies, this one moves to revealed locations. And as an action, you can choose an investigator and a revealed location with a ley line. That investigator moves to that location. You may remove the ley line to have them take an investigate action. Peter, do you want to read us the difference for the gateway to Older Baron? Yes. Uh, in my head, I keep... Uh, labeling this um, Alderon rather than Alderbaron. <laughs> Alderon doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> well, quite. <laughs> this has the free action is move uh, a ley line from the asset to a non elite enemy. So that's the same as the t- gateway to Tindalos. But the action yeah. ability is choose an investigator, engage with an enemy with a ley line. That investigator disengages from that enemy and moves to a connecting location. You, you may remove the ley line to automatically evade that enemy. This action does not provoke attacks of opportunity. And then finally, we've got Gateway to Paradise. Davi, do you want to give us that? Yeah, Gateway to Paradise. It is mostly the same. Uh, I will note this one has willpower icons, where the other ones had the two of the different stats, so like two agility, uh, two intellect. So this one, yeah. uh, the free ability moves a ley line to an investigator, uh, different from all the other ones. And the action is choose an investigator with a ley line, 
That investigator draws one card and heals one damage or one horror. You may remove the ley line to have them instead draw two cards and heal two damage or two horror. Yeah, there's a lot going on. <laughs> Four different paths. It's going to be a one-of in your deck, this card. I divide them up in my head as the ones that deal with enemies, so Aldebaran and Tindalos, and then the ones that don't. Maybe mm-hmm. that's a way of us looking at these. Yeah, let, let's. I, I say we start with Tindalos, and then we, we talk about Aldron, and then we can talk about the other two after that. Cool. So I, I was just going to offer that in, in my head, there's a bit of a division. You can divide these many ways, but um, there's the first two are the aggressive ones, I guess, uh, which, you know, they have the aggressive icons because they warp you to an enemy and they let you deal damage or to a location, let you investigate. The other two are the defensive ones, which let you move away and evade and then heal some some damage and draw some cards. That's a so, really yeah. nice. I really like that. Yeah, a really nice way of splitting them up there. But I think looking at the enemy ones, it, because it's, you know, you as a seeker, you might not want, you might want the enemy one that moves away and disengages and you, you can evade, but you might not want, you know, depending on what type of seeker you are, you might not want the one that goes to an enemy and attacks them or deals them a damage potentially. So I yeah. think that's that's why I was thinking of like aggressive, you know, you want to go places or like maybe a bit more defensive support uh, functions. Because I love with Older Baron, you don't have to remove the ley line to keep being able to get away from the enemy. Mm-hmm. So, like for instance, you you put this on a hunting night gaunt when you've drawn it, and you spend an action to immediately disengage from the night gaunt and move away, and then you may- maybe move another location away or whatever. You get your distance from the night gaunt, but the night gaunt is now creeping up on you a couple of turns later, and you actually move back to the night gaunt. And just uh, use the action again to move past the Night Gaunt as though it's not there. Yeah. So certain enemies, or you know, even if it's just an enemy that's just stayed in a hub location and you need to pass through it again, you can spend an action to move, essentially ignoring that enemy. I think that's really cool in a way that the ley line can stay giving you some help. Uh, it's not. It's not like a very impactful thing. It's just letting you basically move through them, which is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Because my thinking about Tindalos, where I think it's quite strange, is you choose an investigator that moves to the location with the enemy. You can then remove the ley line to deal them a damage. But otherwise, what is the investigator doing at that location? Is it is the investigator evading that enemy or is the investigator turning up and killing it? And if it's killing it, like the ley line, I can picture disappearing quite quickly. Yeah. <laughs> it's sort of, yeah, for... I mean, I think it's this weird thing where... Certainly the way I play in multiplayer, normally the fighter is shadowing the more vulnerable characters. So the idea that they need to be moved somewhere is... I've not seen that occur a lot. It'd be quite cool to see if maybe you could have, like I say, something like Joe, who's gone off investigating himself, but then he needs to teleport back to where there's an enemy to help someone else out. And he can just add a ley line to them and teleport to them with this, maybe. Yeah, it's good for dealing with um, three or odd, I guess, health enemies. Mm-hmm. If you're like yeah. helping out your fighter, let's say you've got Daniela or, or someone who, you know, maybe doesn't have great movement tech. And, oh, there's an enemy way over there that we need to deal with. Like, let's say a, a deep one bull. We need to get rid of this deep one bull or else it's going to be a problem as we, you know, kill other deep ones. So I'm just going to warp Daniela over there. I'm going to do the damage. So it, it's four health. And then you can get rid of it with two, uh, I don't know, fire or two uses of her wrench. 
Mm. Yeah. Thump, thump. I guess for me, I, I can see it on if you've got a large... I, I feel like Tindalos has the most disposable ley lines. Like you say, yeah. you know, you're going to kill yeah. an enemy. But, but then how many such enemies are going to crop up during a scenario? Probably not that many, mm. considering it's mm. only non-elite enemies anyway. anyway. If you've got an enemy which has got like a four or a five health, and there's yeah, not enough, big enemies. yeah, yeah, you might have your fighter. If they're not one location away, they can't move in, kill it, and they might miss attacks anyway. So having them like zap straight to the enemy before it moves into your location, if it's going to hunt, and then they, on they, their turn they get three actions, a full three actions to take it out. Um, yeah. It's like that situation where you wanted to have like. A, a shortcut to be able to get into the location and you don't. You've got mm-hmm. this yeah. to do something similar. It's the guidance situation as well, isn't it? It's yeah. actually giving actions to the person who maybe needs it in that situation so that in in the situation where there's a big enemy to fight with, the guardian or whoever the fighter's actions become the premium and having the seeker spend the action to get them there gives them more actions to do the important part. Yeah, exactly. That's a good point. I think all of these having that choose an investigator right and and having them do something not necessarily the seeker the owner of this card is really interesting and i think that like i was saying in the beginning or at seeker if you just look past that kind of all right we're look look at all these powerful effects and all these uh card draws these cards like being able to distribute these actions and get your fighter over there or get someone away from an enemy that they can't deal with um even if it's not you is is really interesting I think the other thing to shout out is Gateway to Paradise is probably the the flip side of Tindalos. You can put a ley line on each member of your party. Yeah, I was thinking this. And then and you've just any like, spare actions you have. Healing, is just, yeah. yeah, healing and draw. So it's not we you know, some some people will spend an action to draw a card anyway, and this is a draw plus. And yeah. if they're looking really weakened, it's like, okay, take two cards and and uh, remove the ley line to heal two damage or two horror. If, well, if you're I mean, really like, Soothing Melody is is a good... That, that's, I think, universally acknowledged as one of the good healing cards. Yeah. This is like a sort of a, a Soothing Melody on a stick. Yeah. yeah. Just keep on using those actions. for sooth- and, and if you want a double Soothing Melody, you've got it. Yeah, and I think uh, shout out to Carolyn Fern, who can take this, uh, the Gateway <laughs> to Paradise, because it heals a horror. And unfortunately, she doesn't get that little trick with the shrewd analysis that she can do with the... Yeah, uh, ancient stones. But you know, getting to give someone a card and a horror heal and a resource—that seems pretty good. That's like her signature, right? Her signature card lets you uh, kind yeah. of do that. So, and she doesn't need to be at their location as well. They just need to have a ley line. Yeah, exactly. So it can be other side of the map, and she's doing something else, and someone's saying, "Help! I need help. Heal me." It's like, yeah, sure, I'll, I'll give you an action to do that. So I think that's pretty cool. I think also, you know, we've talked about healing throughout Edge of the Earth discussions because of the weaknesses, because of the partners, because maybe we're going to see these larger scenarios. This is a card that heals both. So you get a lot of, you know, yes, it is a 4XP card, but it does cover a lot of your bases for that as well, which I really like. You know, I think that's one thing I'm looking for for healing is a wide application and yeah, ideally can do both. That's why Peter, as you said, that's why Soothing Melody is so good. Yeah. It gives you a choice of what you heal and it can be both of them. So it's like, okay, yeah, sure. Yeah, and sp- speaking of that kind of new thing, and I think we've kind of gotten hints that Edge of the Earth might have some, you know, big maps or big scenarios. And 
I think yeah. of uh, Innsmouth, where the gateway to um, Acheron, where you can move a ley line to a revealed location and move mm. anyone there. Yeah. yeah. And then you can, you know, maybe join the caravan yourself. And now you like you spent your whole turn moving everyone back to the resign location. And then you've teleported yourself using some other fast ability. And you've single-handedly saved everyone kind of kind of thing. It's, you know, that's the dream. <laughs> I, I think yeah. maybe that's that's my favorite of them, I think. And it's the most thematic in terms of, like, uh, ley lines, right? You're, like, moving mm-hmm. people. You pick the, the points on the map that are the, the most effective uh, to, for, to have as, like, Nexile locations you can move people to. So I think that's a lot of fun doing that. But I think just, like, being able to zap someone around the map... Yeah, yeah, it just seems so good. I tried to set it up in Devil Reef, right, to put ley lines on the islands that had where I knew I'd need to return. So if I could set all the ley lines up, I could then give up on the boat and just move between the ley lines. I feel like there was much a, more efficient. I feel like there was a butt coming, <laughs> but was I died. It? Oh right, but I died. Yeah, <laughs> the ultimate got, butt got in the way. <laughs> no, in fact, I think what happened is. There's that treachery that's discard a random card from your hand and then uh, test willpower equal to its cost, and it sniped the gateway to Acheron from oh, my no. hand of eight oh. cards. Test four but willpower. I was jack, so it was like willpower one against willpower four. It's just oh like, boy, oh, there goes that idea. <laughs> Back to the boat. Ah, uh, that's unfortunate, but yeah, I, I think that card's really good. And taking an investigate action, which you know could be to play a an earthy ancients, yeah, like mm, yeah, any any investigate. Uh, ability so yeah that's really nice yeah i think all these are cool i wish there was some way because you can find the uh unidentified version with because it's a tome you can find it with uh research librarian you have a much harder time finding the upgraded ones and i'm hoping Mm -hmm. for some sort of ritual ritual tech i'm sure we'll see an investigator that can take rituals or a card that can find some rituals uh, so far, we only have Uncaged the Soul, I guess, that discounts them. Yeah. But yeah, it's unfortunate yeah. that you can't it's find it. It's that tricky thing that you don't want it just to be like Tome or Spell, where you have all the same tech to fetch the thing to make mm-hmm. the thing better. But yeah, we're getting enough rituals now that we it would be really cool to see a ritual-based investigator who did stuff. Yeah. Anyway, let us move on to the next card. Is it? Is it me? I think it's me. <laughs> I think it is, is you. Yes. I think yeah, it is why me. not? Oh, no, I've got one I can't pronounce. Right, this is a unique card, and it is Prophese? Prophese? This looks like it's Latin Frank. Yeah, I think you're missing the eye. Prophesei? Prophesei? Yeah. Prophesei Profana? Is this Profane Prophecies? Is that translated? Yes. More or less, yeah. The Atlas of the Unknowable. It's a four-cost, five-XP asset. It has two wild icons. The item, relic, and tome traits. While you are not at the locus, you get plus one intellect and plus one agility. And you may ignore attacks of opportunity. Reaction. After, I've already forgotten, Prophesii. Yeah, that's right. Profana enters play. Choose a revealed location. That location is the locus until Prophesii Profana leaves play. Action. Move any investigator to the locus. And it is a hand slot. Wow, well, this seems quite a lot like <laughs> <laughs> yes, our old friend, the Gateway to Asheron. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but you don't need to translate it, and you had to spend one more XP. <laughs> so shout out to friend of the show, Var, who was playing on a team with me when we played the blob, when my hand got eaten, as 
Zoe. <laughs> she was running this card in Jack. And it was one of the most joyous experiences watching this card hit the table because the four of us, none of us really knew the card very well, yeah. apart from VAR. Obviously, she'd chosen it. So everyone kind of looked at it quickly. And as she was playing, it was then like, hang on, why are your stats so high? And she was like, well, I've got plus one, plus one. And then later on, I was like, hang on, you've got an enemy on you. You just moved around. And she's like, yeah, 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 I ignore attacks of opportunity. We were like, oh, okay, wow. And then there was another point where we put the locus at the research site. So that was like where we could get back to because it doesn't have clues and it's sort of safe. And there was a point where we were like, oh, hang on. Uh, I think it's sticky feet. All of the locations are going to damage you in the yeah. blob. The, uh, all of the oozified locations. Mm-hmm. And Var was like, okay, well, I'll just move everyone back to the research site. <laughs> and we were like, wait, what? So yeah, <laughs> this card just did insane amounts of work. Obviously, it's 5 XP, but it mm-hmm. is... You may ignore attacks of opportunity. Not the first attack of... All attacks of opportunity are, yep. are gone for you. Yeah, yeah. I think that's low-key incredibly powerful. It's like, yeah, it's wild. Like, Ursula, when you play... What's his name? Ursula's boyfriend. <laughs> Jake Williams. You, Jake Williams. <laughs> yeah, you get to you get to ignore the first attack of opportunity. Uh, Alina Harper. Right. Same thing. And this is all attacks all, of opportunity. Yeah. yeah, I think this card's really good. I was on the uh, shout out to um, Miskatonic University Radio who who got to preview this card. Uh, I was I was watching the stream and it was there was a lot of a lot of strong feelings about the card. Oh, why does Seeker get everything, blah, blah, blah. I, you know, I think uh, people were very excited about this. And I'm glad that there was excitement around the card. You know, at least in terms of, you know, this card's going to be cool and, and all that. And I think it, it turned out maybe a little more situational. Um, mm-hmm. Because, you know, there's questions, I guess, around what happens if you lose the Locus. Or uh, if you can't uh, choose some location for some reason. I don't know. But, um, yeah, I think I think it's great. Fetch it up with your research librarian, unlike the like I was saying previously with the archives. And yeah, just that that support uh, ability again showing up for move any investigator to this location where you know it's a resigned location or it's the an important location like the test site. I like it. I like seeing this very seeker thing, which is teleporting, like we've seen with join the caravan and, and the archives that you can apply to other people and help other people. And when I play seeker. Uh, I usually do that because I'm like, oh, I can find all the clues and leave my friends to, you know, do their thing, right? Like, I can kind of pick up the slack a little bit, or I can shortcut them away and then do something. It's... I like seeing this aspect of Seeker. Agreed. Yeah, me too. It's a yet, yet another picture of a book, though. Oh, yeah, sorry, yeah, we have to enter it into the picture of the book competition. And actually, you know, we've got this, we've got the archive, we've got medical texts, <laughs> which are all pictures of books. And then we've got the other kind of seeker staple, which is a picture of a load of diagrams on a wall. The classics, we're getting all the classics. Yeah, indeed, <laughs> and indeed. In the uh, revised corset, the medical text art has become even more of the trademark picture of a book. I remember that. I remember thinking, why did they change it when I saw it? <laughs> it, it like... It's because it didn't look enough like a seeker picture of a book. <laughs> right, they need, okay, they right. have a brand and they need to stick to it. <laughs> so good. Well, that is the end of the seeker XP cards in the Edge of the Earth Investigator expansion for players. However, since we have you on the cast, Avi... We are also going to throw in some multi-class cards. Yeah, that sounds fun. 
the first of those. Do you want to read it for us? It's Michael Lee. Yeah, I'm very, very happy to read this. We got this a, a while back when the uh, this box expansion was first announced and we got to see the cards. Uh, Michael Lee is a unique guardian and seeker asset. He takes up the ally slot. He has the ally and detective traits. Uh, he costs four exp- uh, four resources. He's level five. He has a intellect, combat, and a wild icon. Three health and three sanity. His text reads, you get plus one intellect and plus one combat. Reaction ability, after you successfully investigate, place one resource from the token pool on Michael Lay as evidence to a maximum of three evidence. When you initiate an, or another reaction ability, when you initiate an attack, exhaust Michael Lay and spend one evidence, you deal plus one damage for this attack. Yeah, this is this is great. I mean, we've talked a lot about Joe today. Uh, I think he gained a lot from this this expansion. And this is a huge, huge win for Joe. It does exactly what you want, right? You're investigating, getting clues with your four intellect, which is now a five, and then you're fighting enemies, getting extra vicious blows for for one. Like three health and three sanity is very relevant. Of course, you know four cost, five mm-hmm. XP, but this this does a lot. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. it's. In theory, unlimited extra vicious blows. Like, it's limited to three on Michael Lee, but as soon as you spend them and then get a bit of time investigating, you just get more. Yeah. And you could even investigate right where there's no clue. Mm Mm-hmm. And unlike the other evidence card, Hawkeye Folding Camera, which is limit, you know, once per location after you find the last clue, this one has no limit. So, you know, if you just want to investigate, let's say... Uh, a card that I really like in, in Joe is Cryptographic Cipher because it's a tool. You get that free investigate, you know, with uh, spending a secret, of course, but get a resource on Michael and just, you know, go off. <laughs> yeah, so good. I think this, you could even, like, slap him in someone who doesn't necessarily want to fight all that much and then, like, turn your, like, mind over matter or uh, <laughs> I've got a plan into something more lethal. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, your acidic icker. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because you are you are exhausting him, so maybe that's like less good for mind of a matter. But like, I think you could be in a situation with an investigator, like say Min or Amanda, where mm-hmm. you can easily get clues, but you don't necessarily want to put many cards that are that are boosting up your fight in your deck. But by using skill cards, you can easily successfully attack. It's just that when you do it, you do it for one damage. Yeah. So someone yeah. like Michael really acts like he, he boosts up your, your uh, intellect and gives you a really decent soak, but can pull double duty as like a, a weapon in your deck, which I think is yeah. really, really nice. Yeah, when a Seeker wants to fight, they want it to be impactful, and this is extra damage, so yeah. that's good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think Amanda was a good shout, because at least when... Uh, I think the last time I played Amanda, I wound up being very clue-focused, but I always want to like include that time-worn brand in there versus i usually i um since i don't have a good starting weapon i will versatile in some card and then put in you know two vicious blows two overpowers mm-hmm. yeah and then just yeah go off and you you know if you have the xp you can you can put in michael and, and do a lot of work what do you guys think of guardians who might because you know we're talking about seekers but which guardians might think this is good i mean roland i don't know whether you've yeah, heard of yeah. him he's this new investigator <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not familiar. Is he, in the, I mean, is he new to the revised core set? He must be. I, yeah. But but I mean, maybe like it's there's there's a 
the text is after you successfully investigate. So it's not like Roland with his extra his his built in yeah. ability yeah. is going to yeah. be. He's discovering clues, not investigating. But I mean, maybe maybe he's investigating as well. I couldn't. I was trying to think of other guardians he might fit in, and none sprung to mind. I've I set up this question because I have an answer. You, to you've it. got an answer. Okay, cool. <laughs> and it's you know in the first place you'd look, which is the edge of the Earth box, which is Lily, because you can. So Lily only has two uh, two intellect, right? Yes. But she can have three with her discipline. The intellect discipline, which is, you know, a very powerful effect, drawing drawing a back up to, to five cards. But he counts any investigate. So if yeah, you so have six cents or six whatever. Six cents. Yeah. Yeah. Or or anything else, you can put some evidence on him and then you know, Lily's very good at fighting, and you can get Michael to give her that little bit of oomph. And I like it because I think beside like you can it's like a a Gret, I guess, replacement if you're going to go for that like secondary clue finding thing with six cents or read the signs or, or whatever. And she also doesn't have, I feel like she likes a really good ally and, you know, beat cops good and, and Gret and, and, and everything else. But I think this is a, a really good one that you can do some fun stuff with Lily. Yeah, no, I, I, I like that a lot. Just, I think she wouldn't find it too difficult to do the odd evade. Uh, sorry, the mm-hmm. odd investigate mm-hmm. and just having those being charges up of extra damage. Just, just kind of keep them there, just for when she needs them. It just, it feels nice. I'd throw yeah. in as well. Actually, this is a really cool solo card because in solo you might end up having to think about doing some investigates. You know, you yeah. heard me play Mark on the cast, like that's <laughs> intellect two and finding ways to investigate <laughs> with that. And what Michael Lee does so nicely is condense. He rewards you for doing the thing you need to do, which is getting clues. And then he makes one of the biggest obstacles for solo dealing with enemies efficiently easier as well. So I think yeah. like that combination is really nice. Like, yeah, in solo, playing him in Mark, I think could be really cool. I was also thinking Tommy. Tommy already has intellect three, so he goes up to intellect four. Maybe you're running a flashlight in Tommy, or you know, other other ways of getting clues. So yeah, and I think I think it's kind of a a pretty awesome five XP spend. Yeah. Yeah. Two stats. It's always good, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Next, we have Eon Chart. This is a two-cost Seeker and Rogue multi-class asset. One XP. Intellect and Agility icons. Item and Relic traded, and it takes up the accessory slot. Uses three secrets. Free trigger. During your turn, exhaust Eon Chart and spend one secret. Choose and take one of the following actions. Move evade or investigate now i originally misunderstood this it doesn't say take one of the following basic actions it just says one of the following actions so if you have cards that have move evade or investigate on them like say unearth the ancients you could use your free action from the eon chant to play an unearth the ancients or to investigate with flashlight or whatever it is which I think I didn't really pick up on early on. I think it's actually adds a lot of utility to Eon Chart, which is really cool. Yeah, well, I mean, it, it's got a lot of utility anyway, Frank. It's, it's, yeah, it, it does. It's <laughs> yeah. a little bit um, pot of greed in that there's mm-hmm. no reason not to play it. Like, you're almost always going to be taking move, evade, or investigate actions. 
It's not using like a particularly pressured slot. It's not particularly expensive either in terms of resources or or XP. Mm-hmm. When you uh, say not a particularly pressured slot in for Seeker, Seeker, because in Rogue I would say accessory. Uh, yeah, sorry. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's it's just like really good for the cost. I mean, we'll see in a second. It gets even better <laughs> when you spend <laughs> another three XP on it. But yeah, it's it's just like really solidly good. Well, throw throw in for us how it gets better, Peter, because... Yeah, sure. Well, I mean, I'm happy to read that if, if we're okay to move on. So we have Eon Chart level four, which costs two. It's uh, got an intellect, an agility, and a wild icon. So it's gained a wild icon. Uses three secrets, free action. During your turn, exhaust Eon Chart and spend one secret. Choose and take two of the following actions in any order. Move, evade, or investigate. So it's just got like double the amount of efficiency on it. Yeah, pay yeah. to get six actions. I think there is, uh, if I may chime in again with my uh, <laughs> overly niche rules uh, observations, as far as we understand it, I think this is something we uh, might need to see FAQ'd or something, but you need to choose two different because it would probably mm-hmm. be worded differently if you could choose the same. Yeah. Not a 100% sure that might change. You know, if you're listening to this in the future and Maxine has clarified, then feel free to ignore this part. But... It's still, yeah, same three secrets, but now you're getting double use out of the secrets, basically, with things that you want to be doing, right? Like you, we were talking, we talked about Ursula and Jack, right? Moving and investigating is great. And if you're stuck with an enemy, you know, evading and then moving away, that's uh, a <laughs> extra, extra good pathfinder, right? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's important as Seeker to have enough bonus actions that you can have a full turn before you actually start your turn. <laughs> and then you can have the awkward moment of someone saying, is that your turn? No, 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 I haven't started yet. And Eon Chart helps you do that. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. That, I'm making a silly point. But yeah. <laughs> In terms of both like tutoring and recursion, it's got item and relic traits as well, which are great for both of those things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It just, it's all yeah. around good. It's just got a lot of marks in the good column. Yeah. It takes a slot, which is something that if you're trying to play over this and maybe draw it. Like if you're um, Amanda and you're going through your deck a lot, being able to recycle them is a, is a good way. Like mm-hmm. I don't, uh, <laughs> this kind of gets into that territory of secret that I don't like as much, but you know, it's it's a good, like an advantage. Like actually taking up the slot might be an advantage in some in some situations. And the other thing I really like about it is it feels like it really gives you bang for your buck in terms of secrets. So Mm -hmm. if you've got anything that adds secrets to this, whether that's uh, the Eldritch Sophist or Ariadne's Twine or whatever it is, like throwing a secret onto the Eon Chart level four to give you two actions just feels amazing. So like I love that that, it it feels like a really valuable use of your secrets, basically. Yeah, I think that's a good design where um, you have less secrets on a card, but they're more impactful, unlike something like the Necronomicon level five. Where you have yeah, a bunch have of secrets, secrets, and you know one secret isn't that impactful. It's a unexpected courage. That's pretty good, but like this is two, like two actions, right? So you're encouraged to use that um, Ariadne's Twine, uh, Truth from Fric- Fiction, Eldritch Sophist. I I like those cards because I I love Scroll of Secrets level uh, level zero and level three uh, in Seeker. So I like that there's more yeah. incentives to run that kind of rig. Is it stronger in Seeker than Rogue? Can I ask? Is that a question that we can even answer? 
I think because of the slot, I would say I would say yes. Like, there's less opportunity cost, whereas in Rogue, you're like, okay, there's other relics, there's Cigarette you know case. exceptional cards that are taking up all your XP. So I, yeah, mm. I, I see this more. And you of have a, other ways of getting extra actions in Rogue. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, I mean, to that point, you have ways of benefiting from extra actions in Rogue as well. Mm-hmm. With something like Payday, this counts as two actions because you're doing the whole process. It's the same thing as Ursula, kind of. And then also, if you do this, and then you move, investigate, and then you investigate again, you can trigger a, a haste. Yeah. Um, yeah. To go silly actions. Okay, so yeah, that's absolutely yeah. sickening. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. Good card. <laughs> so move, then investigate, get your free investigate, then use your hiking boots to move again. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Now I begin my turn. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> first action (laughs) well would you like to read us the last card yeah I uh, have a special spot in my heart for this one I've controlled the order so it ends up (laughs) thank you thank you I appreciate it the last card we have is protecting the Anunik it is a seeker mystic event one cost two XP ritual traded has a Intellect and an agility icon. Fast. Play after an ally asset at your location is discarded by a card effect or is defeated. Either return that asset to its owner owner's hands or its owner draws three cards. Yeah, I got to preview this card on Obscure Studies. Uh, thank you to FFG for uh, <laughs> providing me with the card. And, and yeah, I, I had a lot to talk about there. So go check out. Small plug in the at the very end here. But go check out my article. But... Yeah, what do you guys think? I've, I've talked about it already, but... <laughs> do you want to go, Frank? <laughs> I was letting you go. No, 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 you, you finally... <laughs> yeah, I'm really glad that you plug your article, Davi, because I really enjoyed reading it. I think you explored this card in a lot of detail. So yeah, it's a f- I, I like um, that it gives you a choice, and I think fitting in these two factions is really intriguing to me. Because in Seeker, we've got Academic Army and maybe Expendable Allies, which we talked about earlier in the episode. Mm-hmm. And then in Mystic, we've got allies that we might want to kill off because yeah. of Doom. <laughs> so already that it seems like the two factions that maybe care the least about their allies, if I can say that so broadly. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, the, the choice then, you get to replay them if that's what you really need. Or this card draw in Mystic is really good, I think. It's sort of a you know, sacrifice yeah. levels of good, which I think is really cool. I think that's probably the seeker part kicking in. Mm-hmm. But yeah, and I think, yeah, so I just I think it just combines really nicely as a, a mixture of abilities. Yeah, I think from the community discussions, the <laughs> now that you're saying, you mentioned the mystic point. So that I talked about the lore of this card, which I think is great that we have, you know, we're going into this like Arctic expedition and, you know, we might have guides that are, you know, northern native from the northern native american tribes and it's great that we have this like inclusion and stuff and you know it's all about these rituals that they use to protect your soul and everyone was like this just makes me want to kill all my friends and i'm like oh no (laughs) (laughs) it's the tommy problem all over again where tommy's like i'm gonna protect you except i'm going to profit off your death (laughs) right so besides that yeah it's yeah great great and mystic where you're like oh i don't want you anymore david renfield (laughs) go away the the fact as well that it protects you from discard 
or defeat and it doesn't even need to be your allies like mm-hmm. you might run this alongside a tommy if he's yeah. doing the tetsuo killing thing and have them draw three cards to draw another tetsuo it's pretty cool yeah so yeah you know in any game i say i reckon you would see a couple of ally assets leave play at some point and this yeah responds really well to that what do you think peter I I find it hard to add anything to what either of you said. I think it's it's just it's just nice. It's just good. Like you say, having the, the two sides of it where, you know, you can get the ally back or, or it's it's turned into card advantage, that's great. It's positioned really well in the factions. It's like it's it's it's, it's a lovely kind of crossover of the colour pie of Seeker mm-hmm. and Mystic, I think. Mm-hmm. I think it's just a really, really nicely designed card. It's very yeah. satisfying, I think. Yeah, 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 and the fact it's level two just opens up who can take it. You know that breakpoint mm-hmm. between level two and level three, so you can sneak this into say Roland. You can sneak this into Seth. You know, there's all sorts of odd places that you could see this popping up, which I think is really cool. Yeah, I think uh, the from community discussion that arised after my post on the card, I don't remember if I talked about it in there, but a great use for this is. Um, Parallel Agnes, who I am sad that I missed because I absolutely love Parallel Agnes and getting mm. to trigger this whenever you want with your David Renfield and then drawing some cards because you're an event-based deck. That's great. Yeah. Or returning your Diana Esperance to your hand after yeah. you've Reset used it. your ability. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, amazing. Yeah. So good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, both absolutely lovely uses of this card. So that is the Seeker XP cards and some more of the multi-class done thank you so much for joining us davi it's been great yeah. having you on the cast what for you is the standout card from this little selection oh that's such a that's such a tough question <laughs> for any reason you can use whatever criteria you like to decide i'm gonna i'm gonna do a little bit of a cop out and choose a card that is part of a cycle of cards that i really like and it was and that was scientific theory because of the lola deck that i mentioned and i love yeah, these kind of yeah. like wacky little things where I forgot to mention that that deck also has uh, sled dogs, because why not? They're, they have health and sanity, right? So, yeah, the, the fact that that card inspired inspired that deck, and, you know, hopefully it'll be... It'll do well in some campaign. I just got to finish, wrap up my uh, uh, Norman and Lily campaign right now. But after that, it's Lola and Bob off to somewhere. Hopefully Edge awesome. of the Earth. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Peter, how about you? Well, I mean, leaving aside Eon Chart, which is obviously like just a really solid card, even if it's it's not boring, but it's it's like just straight up efficiency. I think mm-hmm. what I'm excited about is hiking boots. Because I think we had that conversation a while ago about Ursula, where she encourages you to build and play in a certain way. That's like a generally good way to play the game. She encourages you to build and play quite aggressively in terms of going out and finding clues and moving. Uh, which results in her, she rewards you for playing cards that are already good. Uh, and this just fits right into that, I think. It's just like a, it's, it's despite the fact it gives you a an agility boost, it's kind of like a weirdly aggressive card. It wants you to find all the clues of the location and then move on to the next location to get investigating. Yeah. yeah. So I, Even I like the agility boost helps you evade the enemy at your location so you can get the clues and move on. Like, yeah, true. Yeah, yeah, true, true. It all feeds into exactly that. And like I think it. it's, it's also a really lovely... I like the art on it, which we didn't talk about. I do actually mm-hmm. like the art on it. And I think it's it's a really nice use of 
the theming as well. I think the theme ties into the mechanics really yeah. well. So I think all around hiking boots are just just like it. It's nice. Yeah, I'm excited for more. I want more. I want more a guardian. <laughs> yeah, I want guardian boots that let you move towards enemies or something like that. <laughs> These boots are made for standing on enemies. Yeah. <laughs> How about you, Frank? What's what's the standout for you? Oh wow. I think Michael Lee solo. I want to try that in a solo deck. I mean, I don't know if I'll ever get to 10 XP, but I think that could be really <laughs> fun as a kind of, I guess, as the battle between that and um, Greta Wagner about which which ally you go with and how which one gets you clues more efficiently. But I think that could be really cool because, it, you know, because it triggers off Investigate, I think we looked at first with Seeker and I think that's probably the more natural place to go with it. But you want to get mm-hmm. value out of that evidence, don't you? You want Michael Lee throwing photographs at enemies to damage them. Yeah, <laughs> that's a that's great, the great mental is, right? picture. <laughs> yeah, no, no, yeah. I, I, he's, he's an interesting card because he doesn't fully fit into both factions, but he really mm. lives in that crossover between the two, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, the the epitome of multiclass, really. Yeah, absolutely. It, it's a weird one because sorry to go off on a tangent right at the eleventh hour here. Um, Do it in, in Magic. You get gold cards, but it's seen as a restriction on the card in Magic because it's like extra extra um, mana you have to include in your deck. So it's typically like a restriction in how easy it is to play. So mm. you end up with them being uh, more powerful for the cost than they would be. Mm-hmm. But in, in Arkham, it's sort of the opposite. It, it expands who can take them. So they get more towards being a neutral card. <laughs> Peter, yeah. do, you, do you know what it is, Peter? What is it? It is hybrid mana. Right, Do yeah. You, it is both colors, right? Where that thing where both the... If you don't play Magic, there is a symbol that is half of one color, half of the other, which yeah. means you can pay for mana of either color. And that's what these feels like sometimes. Yeah, And I think yeah. that's what Maxine talked about, the design principle of like, oh, they should fit either in this color or class or this color. And that's not always the case. Like, I think Michael Lee is a good example of, you know, it's right in that, like, intersection. But I think that... You know, if I may go on a magic tangent because I played magic for a very long time. <laughs> yeah, it's that thing where it's like, it can exist in this color, but it also can exist in this color. But you can't play it in your commander that doesn't have the other color because that's all the thing. Anyways, not going to worry about magic. That's all before I... I, I that's after I um, finished playing magic, which was... Okay. <laughs> got about like 20 years ago now, sadly enough. Mm. Okay, yeah, that's a yeah, newer-ish thing. <laughs> yeah. But, but, but you're absolutely spot on. Um, and I'm excited to talk about, in a future episode, the uh, the spell assets, the gold gold spell assets, multi-class mm-hmm. spell assets, mm-hmm. because Frank has had some difficulties getting his head around some of them. And you're excited to set me on the path. Well, <laughs> sort of, yeah. But I, I think their faction, their, their, their factionality, if I can make up a word, is one of the things that's that's interesting about them. The fact that they can be used like to bump up synergy cards and it expands who can access yeah. them. I think yeah. that's the interesting thing mm-hmm. uh, about those. So it's a, it's a total tangent to what we talked about for no, the rest of the okay. episode. Okay. <laughs> Davi, how can people get in touch with you? You can send out an email, davi at obscurestudies.com. You can check out my blog, obscurestudies.com. Uh, leave a comment. I like seeing those. Um, and you can find me around the various discords, inclu- including the Drawn to the Flame discord, where um, I occasionally pop in and talk about things that interest me. Lola. <laughs> talk a lot about Lola, yeah, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, or other things, other things, yeah. 
Cool. Well, listener, you can get in touch with us. We're drawn to the flame podcast at gmail.com. We're on social media as drawn to the flame as well if you want to contact us that way. And yeah, Davi, thank you so much for joining us for this second look. And thank you, listener, for listening. Yeah, thanks for having me. And thank you for listening. Yeah. Yeah. Let's. Sorry, I just had some fireworks outside. I'm going to stop now. It's bonfire night, or just after bonfire night here, Davi. Ah, I don't know what that means. Oh, uh, it, it sounds we, exciting. We we celebrate a man who tried to blow up Parliament. Okay. <laughs> it's Kit, a, a relative of Kit Harrington, no less. Interesting. Oh, that's I've learned a lot today. Yeah. <laughs> um, funnily enough, I'm sure it's has Kit Harrington's. I think he's got relatives on both sides. So he's got a relative... It was when King James was opening Parliament. Is that right, Frank? James? Yeah, that's right, yeah. Sure Are you sure you want to tell this story now? While no, no, no. <laughs> I'll, I'll <move> <laughs> right. Yes, I'm happy uh, to hear it after the, uh, the recording. <laughs>